Welcome to the Second in Command podcast, produced by the COO Alliance and brought to you by its founder, Cameron Harold. In the Second in Command podcast, we talk to top COOs who share the insights, strategies, and tactics that made them the chief behind the chief. And now, here's your host, Cameron Harold. Our guest today is COO Alliance member Stephen Willey president of Rankings.io. Stephen joined Rankings.io, formerly known as AttorneyRankings.org, in 2013 as a web developer and only the second employee of the company. In the years that follows, he honed his SEO skills and his position rose as rapidly as Rankings growth. He's been Rankings lead developer, creative director, CTO, and vice president. Today, he's the president and leads the operations division of the company, simultaneously overseeing the work of nearly all operational employees and also continuing to get his hands dirty in the production of a wide range of digital assets. So, Stephen, welcome to the Second Command podcast. Thanks, Cameron. Happy to be here. Yeah, pretty rare that somebody comes into an organization as kind of that you know, hey, I need to get some stuff built. Can you build it for me, guy? Because yeah. I don't think your CEO was really thinking back then, oh, I need a second in command. Not at all. Not at all. It was much more of a, I was a technician back then. And I think being growing from a technician standpoint, it's affected me kind of where I'm at now and mm. decisions I'm making, my viewpoint um, from an operational standpoint, especially. And then 2013 was, um, you know, the freelancer, the gig economy was starting. It was kind of in full swing back then. Was this a gig? Was it a part-time role for you or was it a full-time job? It was, uh, it was, it was bordering. So 2013, it was bordering on, um, from part-time to full-time. I was a creative director at another agency. I'd been there for five years, a very secure job. Um, I started freelancing for Chris because we've known each other for a very long time. He mentioned that, hey, I need a developer. I need a designer. Um, can you help me out here? And it kind of uh, it went from you know one-off projects to um, staying up till 4 a.m. to try to get things out. And I ended up started making more money freelancing than I was at my full-time job. And then so the natural evolution of that is once he needed that full-time employee, because a lot of the technical stuff that he could do, right, from SEO and, and operation and, and a lot of the, uh, the stuff that we founded, our, what SEO is, he could do that. But from a technical mm. standpoint, he needed someone to kind of depend on. So right. that's when I kind of I made the big decision to, um, you know, leave my job with the creative director for the other firm and then come work for Chris as a, as a lead developer. So when you were a creative director at the other firm, did you have some employees reporting to you at that as well? I did. Yes. Um, We had, I think we had 15 designers under me. Okay. And then how big was that company overall? How many people there approximately? We, we, our section was probably 18. It was an arm of a larger corporation. Uh, They were media, it was a media buying uh, agency. And so we were just a small facet of that. Okay. So you were, you were part of a real company and you had a, and you had a real job. How, How old were you ballpark back then? I was, I was, Anywhere, I think I was 28 to 30, somewhere okay. within that range. So, so, yeah. so you're, you're at a stage when your career is starting to get going. And yeah. and then, you, so you d- you took this really as a part-time gig just to make some more money on the side, right? And to help Correct. a friend? Or was it more to help a friend? Uh, it was a little bit of both. Initially, right. I started to help, help him out. And then I started to see it and he started to grow. And mm-hmm. so then it kind of, uh, it, it was more, it was, a, it was a financial flow, you know, to me at that point. Would you have quit your creative agency job and joined him without it being a full-time job yet? Or did you need the money? 
Um, I would have said we, we were in the process of having our first kid. And okay. so uh, I probably wouldn't have. Um, I probably you're kind, of, you're kind of entrepreneurial, but not quite on the lunatic fringe of quitting your job and, and starting, right? You needed the oh. paycheck. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Risk mitigation is always top of mind for me. Yeah. Okay. Which, which is a core part of the COO role too. All right. Yep. So you, I, I've talked for years about that. One of the most critical things that a CEO needs to do when they're hiring a second command is hiring someone they really trust. And you mm -hmm. said that you and Chris already knew each other. How did you guys know each other? So we grew up, um, actually a decent portion of our, our company grew up within about 20 minutes of each other. So I've known that we were acquaintances in high school. Um, we were friends in college. We kind of um, separated a little bit once we kind of entered the professional sphere. Um, and I ran into him at a party or a birthday party. And he was telling me what he did and how he needed a, a designer and developer. And I'm like, hey, man, I'll, I'll, I'd be happy to help you out. I wasn't in anticipating any sort of compensation or anything where we're at now, right? It was much more of like, oh yeah, let's make a connection and, um, you know, see what we can do. So you like that entrepreneurial energy that he had. You believed in kind of the vision of what he was building. You saw that you could Absolutely. help out natural fit. So, um, are you guys the same in terms of the kind of the DNA, the profiles, personality profiles, or are you different? We're complete opposites. So if you look at our Colby, if you look at our disc, everything about us of how we react to how we speak, to how we interpret things um, is completely opposite. Um, if you look at a, so we depend on disc at work, right? Yeah. Um, so if you look at the disc, he is a very high DI. I'm smack dab in the, in the middle of S. And so it's a, it's a um, where I immediately am considerably more cautious. I am, I tend to be risk averse. He's more so kind of running full speed. So it, I, I kind of look at our relationship as he's driving 200 miles an hour. I'm pumping the brakes around the curve, right? I still want him to go, but, you know, I want to make sure that we stay on track. My, um, my disc profile, I'm a 98 on D and wow. a 74, which means I'm driving 200 miles an hour, but I can only see 100 miles in front of me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's insanity. All right. So you're pumping the brakes. What's your Colby profile? My Colby profile is, I had it in front of me yesterday. Um, it is, I believe it's seven, five, eight. I, I don't, I don't have it in front of me now. Okay. That's okay. That's okay. Yep. The, the seven, the seven is your highest of the four numbers. Correct. Yeah. So anybody who doesn't know Colby, the, the four numbers, the first of the four numbers means you're a very high fact finder. So you ask a lot of questions before you start projects. And I yes. would assume, does, do you know what Chris's Colby is? Um, it's, it's very low. He's so very, no, he's, his yeah, first so, is very low, right? Whereas, whereas I want everything. So if, yeah. if I'm starting a project, I want all the information down to the pound of paper that it's printed on. Right. Right. And, whereas, and where the paper is mined and, and which, yeah, which, which, which actual right. foresters or lumber people cut down the tree. No, no. <laughs> okay. You're right. Right. And Chris is a very high, he starts things. So his third number is very high. Correct. So, um, so how do you guys reconcile that when you want all the facts and the data and he doesn't want that? How does that cause problems and how do you guys work through that? Yeah, I think it's a, I think a lot of it is an understanding from kind of growing and maturing with each other. Um, initially, it's, it was especially on my part, it's incredibly stressful, right? Being a risk averse individual that yearns for, st for stability, I have to kind of reach across the aisle um, to kind of get where he's at and understand where he's going. 
So a, a lot of what we do is um, he'll come in with a kind of a raw idea to my office. And in my initial feeling is like, wow, that's crazy. <laughs> and then I realize who I'm talking to. Right. And, you know, he's thought it out. We tend to um, kind of forge it and refine that idea. I'll certainly throw in, you know, anything that I would think that, hey, may make it safer or more successful. But from a standpoint of like how how I deal with it, I think that I understand I have a, a deep understanding of our relationship. And we've not we've kind of went from a symbiotic relationship to a mutualistic relationship. What do you I'm, mean? What's that mean? I'm a, um, so we work, we work very well together rather than, um, or more of like a hand in hand rather than one person just kind of remaining static and the other person going. Okay. So from that standpoint, um, I'm aware of that I'm not him and he's aware that I'm not, that he's not me. So a lot of my weaknesses, he's very strong at mm. a lot of his strengths. I'm very weak at. Mm. And so we have to marry those two. And I think that we were cognizant of that. And then so like sometimes, you know, he'll walk in and say, hey, I got an idea. You're not going to like it. Right. Because he, he, already, he already understands. Yeah. But then we hybridize that. Mm. Right. And so um, I'll say, OK, let's put a bike helmet on it to make sure that we are, you know, that, that we're OK. Six Do you say that exactly? Do you actually use that term? I haven't used bike helmet, but that's a great. I just I just uh, made it up and I'll have okay. to start using it. Yeah. Because. Go ahead. Keep going. No, uh, that, that's all I was going to say in that um, I think it's just having a hyper awareness of who I am, certainly be aware of my weaknesses and try to grow them. But also kind of, you know, if, if Chris is the uh, uh, foot, I'm a hand, right? I'm not necessarily going to, I'm, I'm going to kind of bleed into that and then try to, for the benefit of the company. Right. How do you, how do you say either no or not now? To his ideas without causing friction or um or getting him positional so i'll typically say let's wait 24 hours let's get some more data on it hmm. so coming from a um because sometimes that idea may evolve in 24 hours it may not even be a thing and so if someone is especially with that you know with that personality profile they come in very hot yeah. Right. They have this idea that's going to change everything. This is right. what we're going to do. Love. And then 24 hours later, something else, right? Something even better. Well, and yeah, so, they out loud, so they change their mind on the go, right? Absolutely. So instead of actually saying no, or sometimes I'll pivot it. What if we do it this way? Mm. What if this happens? Right. Um, and that's where I kind of get into the, we refine that idea. Um, or we delay it. Not, I, I don't want to say delay, but we sit on it to get more fact, you know, data. I want to see everything. That way I can actually have an educated, for, uh, for whatever he proposes, I'm coming at it from an educated base. Yeah, I'm, I'm very similar to Chris in that I do go that 100 miles an hour. I'm, I'm a, with this weird dichotomy. I've got very entrepreneurial and I run the CO Alliance and I've been a yeah. COO, but I'm like this bizarre human. Um, but my second in command who worked for me for years used to come to me when I had these crazy amazing ideas that we're going to change the world yeah her, her first words were i love it let me ask you some questions yeah and the reality was she didn't really love it she but but she knew that by saying i love it would allow me to answer all of her questions yep. but if she just asked me the questions i used to get frustrated that she was arguing with me and she's like i'm not arguing i'm trying to understand it 
Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, do you do you guys have that kind of a discussion, or is it already just known? Does he already know that your questions are you just getting up to speed? Like, oh, absolutely. So sometimes when he to ensure that he doesn't take it personal, um, I you know, as a disclaimer, we don't have conflicts a lot. We get along very well. You know, um, I admire your personality type. I admire his personality type. That revs me up. Right. Okay. That's not me, but I love it. I love seeing it. Yeah. And yeah. so. Um, Yes, uh, we call it hole poking. So a lot of the times I'm saying, hey, I don't hate this idea. I'm just poking holes. That's part of my job. And then so I'll say, what if this happens? What if not as a wet blanket, right? But forecasting a potential issue that could uh, you know, arrive later on the road should this idea be implemented. So were you, were you always the kind of de facto second in command because you were really the first employee in or, or were there other people that were more operational that you were kind of reporting to or that he would lean on in the earlier days? Uh, no, it's, it's always been me. It's always been um, we, yeah, we had, we've had, had some account managers and, and uh, we have a, a stunning or a stunner um, vice president of operations now. Could not do my, do my job without her. Um, but from the get-go, since it, we, were, we were working side by side, started in his apartment, right? Um, and so, like, we've always, we're a remote-based business with 24 employees. There's only three of us in the office, me, Chris, and our director of finance. So we work so closely. Um, you know, from the get-go, I've always been kind of that default number two. Okay. So how has that changed for you? How, how has it changed being that default number two? Um you know, as the company kind of became more and more mature? Um, so it is, I had to learn to, I had to learn to delegate um, and I had to learn to trust others, right? Yeah. Um, there's, a, there's something that you said uh, the other, or uh, on two, two of our meetings ago is delegation starts with hiring. And I don't have a tattoo, but if I did, <laughs> that would be, that's a front runner, man. Um, so a lot of it was, is coming from a, a technician base and it was me and Chris, me and Chris, me and Chris, as we added on to our group, I had to, I had a very hard time letting go of things. Mm. Right. And I had a very hard time of not being in the mix because I've done this before. I've seen this before. Here's exactly what you do. And I think that that was the, and I was like that for a very long time. I had a very difficult time, even with, we hire very, very good people. Um, but I still had that disconnect where I was like, oh, let me do it. And I think that that is detrimental to both agent or uh, entities in that I'm stressed out. I can't grow in my position because I'm trying to be really good at other people's jobs. Right. And I wasn't. And as a, a negative effect of that is I, I wasn't growing to the extent in my position. And it was also affecting them. What is it? Um, so it is if, if I do everything or if I have, stick my hand in everything, Where's the growth and uncomfortability with them? You know, how can they, how can they learn? How and many, so how many of okay. them are there now? How many employees now? We have 24, 24 people now. Okay. And yep. so is this, has this been a learned thing right from the, the earlier stages or have you had to develop it more as the company's gotten a little bit bigger? Um, it's been, it's been, it's been a learned um, thing. So it, within the past year, specifically um, during the pandemic, it is, I've came to kind of the realization that, Hey man, I need to, I need to like really, you know, change how I'm doing things. Not that I was uncomfortable with people handling things, but I, I would be, I would constantly be trying to, you know, be in the trenches with everybody. 
and I think there's something that you've said before is it has, it has to be done, but uh, not by me or something like that. Yeah. I love that. Men- I love that mentality. And so like even hearing things like that started to kind of mental shift. Right. Now, and I'm seeing. What about oh, your skills as you've grown? What have you had to work on for, for yourself? Um, so and that's niche, clearly, that's clearly well, one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, initially I so I was very comfortable being a leader and a manager. I, you know, I did it for five years at the other agency. I had no issues with that. Um, coming on historically at that agency, I had other people, um, I had people under me that would, you know, that would, uh, that I could work with to get things done. The initial start, it was just me and Chris. So when we, when we have to, and Chris starting was a technician as well. So starting, there was an extreme level of uncomfortability there in that, like in under, in, in that uh, uncomfortableness, like growth happened. I was forced to learn this, 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 read this book, see it in a real world world setting. Um, and then from there, once we start establishing um, ourselves as a business and growing and, and then uh, kind of getting our surface area out there and hiring more employees, I had to really refine what I thought was leadership and what I specifically servant leadership um, and what I thought uh, uh, you know, via, via coaches, um, via masterminds, via business groups, uh, via you, obviously. Um, I've kind of, I haven't arrived, but I've matured significantly. And so um, that's, that's kind of a, a roundabout answer, but I hope No, that, no, that's um, good. Yeah. What do you think were the core um, resources that you didn't, then did use? Um, I would say probably Google, <laughs> right? You know, how do I, how do I, uh, which is, which is great because we, you know, we work with Google. Um, so in an instance, like interpersonal stuff, I've always been really good at, mm. right? I, I can, you know, working with people, it was that, um, it was the, the, the other week, like other weaknesses that I was aware that I had, um, via, um, how do I handle this situation? What do I do here? What's going on here? And then I'll find, or, you know, I'll listen to a podcast or uh, read a book. Um, and then, so it's kind of, uh, and then having that, I may shelve that information for a little bit. And then until I pull it back out again, once I've run into a situation and then it becomes like a, like a nature to me yeah, yeah, rather than me pulling from a resource. Yeah. So because it's, it starts becoming that unconscious competence, right? You start kind of building right. on it. Um, yep. Have you seen the website? Let me Google that for you. No, I haven't. It's an awesome URL. It's so good. So you go to let me Google that for you. So when somebody asks you a dumb question, like, you know, how do I, you know, um, use a record player? Because I just turned on my turntable. So you you, you go to let me Google that for you. You type in, how do I use a record player? And it will like give you this spit out thing. And it's a link you send them. And when they click on it, it's like open Google. And then you can see it type in, how do I use a record player? Press the it's awesome. It's basically telling people like, why are you asking me stupid questions? Oh, you just go look up for yourself. Totally, totally. My mom used to drive me crazy with that. I'd be like, mom, how do I spell, you know, encyclopedia? And she'd say D-I-C-T-I-O-N-A-R-Y. I'm like, what? And also <laughs> spell dictionary. And she'd make me go and look it up. And she was teaching yeah. me how to learn, right? Awesome. So, do, you, um, do you have any areas that you're currently working on? Any areas that you're currently trying to develop? Um, I would say still a lot of, um, I'm still working on delegation. Haven't totally arrived there. Um, there right now at our company, we have, uh, there's two hemispheres 
Chris does sales and acquisition, whereas I'm operations, retention, and internal growth. So moving forward, and as we kind of scale the business and my role even from now changes, I need to get considerably better at finance and sales, right? So I had a, uh, I have a Southwestern consulting sales coach. Um, I've been uh, reading as many uh, sales books as I possibly can. Um, and so like, I'm acutely aware that that is a new, you know, that's a new atmosphere that I haven't kind of crested into. And so super, it's super exciting, right? Not that I'm going to be a, a, a you know, a, a sales guy because I, or, or a, or a hard seller, right? I'd rather be bitten by a snake than hard sell to somebody. Um, but having that, having that awareness, I think, um, I think it's going to, it like, it excites me because it's something new. Right. What's interesting is, is when you hire a person who is really strong in a specific area, like sales, as an example, and you and you go and you really listen to them and watch them and you go, wow, like you're really, really fucking oh. talented at this. Right. Yeah. I've, I've got a guy that works for me, Jesse, and I had two two people in sales. Now we've got our third. But um, Gordy was Gordy was my first guy. He was just all relationship. Right. Like good guy relationship. Yep. He didn't know how to sell to save his life. But but he was good at sales because he just threw relationship at, at the people. And, but when you put Jesse in place, he's like a stone cold, hardcore sales guy for 11 yeah. years who sold, as he said, he sold high ticket items to people who didn't need them. He sold timeshares in automobiles and was high performing like 250,000 a year, right? At both those roles. Ah. So when I listened to him, he's like, Oh yeah, that's just like this type of an objection. He can name the objection. He knows like, I'm like, dude, really? Like he's, it's like a scientist, right? Like it's a whole yeah. area that they've studied and he points to like certain books and certain tricks. And like, this is an NLP response. I'm like, are you fucking kidding? Like, yeah. wow, you're unbelievable. Um, so I think what you're saying though, is you, you don't want to be good at it. You just need to know about it. Correct. I need to have an awareness of it so I can speak to it and kind of, I guess, guide that hand in hand with the directors of sales, directors of finance. Well, it's almost like, okay, if I was thinking about marketing, I need to know that SEO exists so I can ask questions to say like, how are we doing with our SEO? What are we doing for SEO? Where are we wasting money in our SEO? What's, where are we ranked? What, what metrics should we be looking at? I don't need to know to be good at it, but I need to know it exists as I need Absolutely. to know about paid search and retargeting, right? Um, so I think you're smart on that to, to just kind of have a bit of a cursory understanding of it, right? Like yeah. I'm, I'm like you, I'll never be good at financials. I, I can under, p and I get, I'm really good at the P&L balance sheet and and the ratios forget about it i'm like yeah, a yeah. master right <laughs> but i, I yes yeah, so, and I, so i probably need to get better there or just hire really really smart people that i trust implicitly what have you struggled with as a leader and and as a coo or um yeah what have i struggled with as a coo or president um i would say kind of understanding that i that i'm not good at finance Okay. Right. That there are uh, that, that I, I used to look at people and like, I'm the president, I should be everything. Right. Or I'm the CEO, I should be everything. And having an awareness of uh, that I can dictate processes and I'm very good at a rough draft of a process. But there's someone who loves that stuff. They can put together a video and a huge document and then make a big, you know, a glossary of all of our processes um, and how to find them. I love the initial part of that, mm. but I get, I bore very quickly. And then, so I would, uh, and I used to beat myself up on things like that. 
And then, so that's kind of where um, as an agency, if I'm the foot or a hand, if I have a very strong knee or a very strong elbow, I'm not going to try to be them. Right. Certainly have certainly have an awareness of what they're doing. That way I can kind of QA it and then and learn from that. Um, but I would say hands down, the hardest part is I used to beat myself up from, from lacking in specific areas mm. because I thought the expectation was on me. Where yeah, it's, like, it's like you're the general contractor. You don't have to be the best plumber and finishing carpenter and cabinet maker, but you have to be able to, to align and pull all those resources together. Correct. Absolutely. You've, it's funny, you, you kind of gone, you, you said COO and president and just for anybody listening, the, the titles are very interchangeable. You know, the, the reason that we call this the second in command podcast is there's, there's one person in every organization that is really the second in command to the CEO. Sometimes it's the president title, sometimes it's a COO title, sometimes it's VP operations, general manager, doesn't matter. It could even be CFO, CMO, whatever. I look at it as if the CEO was sick and in hospital for six months, who's running the company? And, yeah. and who is the real, that yin and yang to the CEO? So as you see it as president and, and from the beginning, kind of outline for us high level again, because you've said it a couple of times, so I want you to really hit it home. What do you think makes you a really strong partner that yin and yang to Chris as CEO? What are the maybe top three things? Yeah, I think that our personalities complement each other and we have an awareness of it. Okay. Right. Different, it's not like personalities, but they complement. Correct. It's not like, you know, he steps into my office and I say something that would be expected of me. And he's like, he's not that effing guy. You know, he's, it's not, it's not that type of relationship. Yeah. Um, I would say he trusts me and I trust mm. him. Even if I don't agree with mm -hmm. what he says, I trust that he's trying to make or, or making the right decision from the company, yep. regardless of how uncomfortable that makes me feel. Yep. And I think a lot of it um, is I've gained that trust from him working for him over the years. Um, our, one of our core values is called send and delete. If I send something to an email or uh, an email you something, I delete it. I don't think about it because I trust that you'll get that done and follow up. Right. Yeah. Huge. And so um, we try to be that to each other. If I send him something or send an employee something, or he sends me something, he doesn't even think about it because I got it. Okay. And so and on um, the trust side, would you give him access to your bank account and your passwords and let him take care of your kids? Oh, absolutely. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Was, yeah. Yeah. Yep. There's like no, no question in my mind. Yep. So, um, and I feel that a way, I think I feel that way about a lot of our directors, our business, mm -hmm. like having, having kind of that strong trust and a, a very familial feel to it, as I think is what, you know, it, it's, um, kind of throwing gas on our growth and making it a really cool place to work for. Right? And you're right. By the way, when the trust starts to really permeate through the organization, it absolutely throws gas on the, on the fire. It's like nitroglycerin. For sure. For yeah. sure. Okay. And what's the third? The third one would be, I would say it, it would be continued education and an awareness that I need to grow. Right. So I'm like, I'm, me being aware that I'm bad at finances, I'm circling around the, the top point. Um, me be talking with you, me being a part of the COO Alliance, um, me every, I will pick up things and I'll apply them. And it's crazy that they work. Right. You know what I mean? Like uh, if I pick up a little hard, well, yeah, absolutely. Uh, what I meant like is I'll pick up an artifact here and I'll apply it later. And I'm like, wow, that works. You know what I mean? And it's, and it's such a um, having that type of mentality specifically for me, because I'm a very hungry, competitive individual. I mm. love little like tricks and applications like that. And I find it. Um, and so me having 
you know, like I said, speaking with you, being a part of your group, being a part of, you know, uh, several other groups, other coaches, it's, um, it's all kind of a compounding effect that, you know, I'll never be there, but man, it's fun growing. Where is Chris gaining his skills? Where is he, is he learning as well? Or is he, I can't imagine he's just sitting there thinking he knows everything. No, he's uh, he's a part of two masterminds and I think he has three coaches. Do you know which masterminds Um, he's a part of? He is a part of Jason Swink's mastermind. Um, He's a part, he just started another one. Um, He has a business development coach, uh, Carl Sakas. Um, and then we have a, uh, I believe he's a few, he's, he's recently started a few more, but on top of top of my head, I can't, I can't think. Very cool. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. If you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. And yeah. I'm, I'm in four mastermind groups that I pay to be a part of. And whenever I walk into the room, I'm like, Whoa, there's some really, really cool people in here. And yeah. it just continues to, um, it stretches me. It motivates me. It makes me, it also makes me realize like they're as dumb as I am at times. Like we're all just yeah. trying to figure this shit out, right? Yeah, absolutely. Especially within the breakout sessions of the mm-hmm. COO Alliance. Mm-hmm. I'm hyper, continually hyper impressed with people. Like mm-hmm. sometimes I'll just sit back and I'm like, man, that's smart. You know well, what I mean? Like wait, wait till you get to your first in-person event as well. Cause when you get to actually spend two and a half days with people, the COO Alliance, like at an in-person, the yeah. relationships go to the moon. It's really awesome. Super, super awesome. cool. So what about the low points? What, what have some of the hardest points been for you as a second in command and, uh, and maybe for you and Chris as well? Let's go to two points, one without yeah. him involved and one with him. Um, low points for me would be, uh, I'll circle back around again, is I used to really beat myself up because I wasn't everything, right? Um, as someone who's hyper aware of um, what I say or my limitations or something like that, it stresses me out when I'm having a hard time with something. So um, I would see, I, I would, I would love kind of growing our employees and growing along with them. But then I would see facets of those employees that I was growing along with that I really admired. Right. Um, and I'm like, why can't I be like that? Mm. You know, and I'm, and I'm, look, I'm the number two guy, right. I'm so much, I'm strong on like a lot of other areas. Um, and it wasn't a, it was, it was me kind of stressing myself out, trying to force myself into another box that I don't live in. Certainly be acutely aware that that's something I need to grow at, but this was something that I really, really used to, to, to beat myself up on. Um, and I would have an incredibly hard time with it. It's actually the first time I verbalized this. So it's, uh, uh, I've internalized it what's, for a long what's time. What's a specific one? What's, what's an area that used to really bother you? Yeah. So I will say, um, our VP of operations, Sonia, she's fantastic at, t- at taking data and kind of applying it into trainings, um, hyper-intensive processes, very detailed out. I am very good at giving her this kind of raw idea. Here's what I wanted to do. I'll shoot a quick video. You take it from here. Mm. Um, she was doing the pro. She's now doing the processes way better than I did. Like, right. Like way better. And so, um, and a lot of that, I'm like, crap, I should have been doing that all along. You know, why, why did I not do that? And you, and you see a deficiency in yourself where you're expected to be very good, 
Yeah. And but what I'm but what I'm not seeing is I'm very strong in all of these other applications, and I have a very strong person doing this. For me. What's always amazed me is why I don't get why I never got fired when I'd pass things off and realize how bad I was. It's like how how come it didn't ever show up as a black mark against me? Like I used to create these dashboards that we would send out for our friend. This is back when I was second in command for one eight hundred got junk. We were yeah. probably only fifty employees at the time, maybe like thirty franchises. And I was creating a weekly, maybe even 20 franchises. I was creating a weekly dashboard of our franchisees numbers. And every time I would send out this spreadsheet, there was always one or two mistakes. And one of my, one of my guys would send Wally would always point it out. And I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. And he's like, let me just do it for you. I'm like, really? Like, could you do this? And he goes, yeah, I could totally do it. I'm like, okay. So I gave it to him. And the next week his dashboard came out and it was like, formatted better it was color coordinated he had like cool shit going i'm like whoa that looked like it didn't even matter if the data was right it just looked better right and yeah, the yeah. data and the data was right i'm like why was i doing this he's like i don't know dude and no one <laughs> and no one worried about it all they saw was the result was better and i was yeah. able to now do something else so like yeah it, that was a that was a real learning point for me that was 20 years ago now yeah i feel exactly the same way um, how are you growing? A couple more questions. How are you growing your leadership team and your managers inside the organization? What are you doing to grow those people? Um, so we enroll each of our leadership, uh, each of our directors or our EOS leadership team. They have um, they have unique coaches and masterminds and business groups. Mm. So we're very, very, um, I, I'm a part of uh, two. Um, Chris obviously has multiple. Um, some of our other directors, our director of sales, um, has two instances of uh, sales coaches that he has. Um, our operations has, has Brett Harned, who's a fantastic operations guy. Um, and then we, we also, from an SEO skill set, we also have an SEO coach that will then come in and to make sure that we're still, um, from a leadership on down, to make sure that we're still, you know, we're on it SEO, that we're not necessarily, That's that Stephen. we know our business. Is his name Stefan? Uh, Nathan Gotch is okay. who we use for our, for our uh, um, but yeah, so we, um, if you want to go to, and this is what we actually say to all of our employees, if you want to go to a conference, if you want a course, if you want to take a college class, Yes. If, if it's, you know, certainly if it's, if you want to take a welding class, we're not going to pay for it. Right. But if it's beneficial to the company and it grows you and it helps you and we're better, we'll pay for it. You know, so, so you're so close to one of our, one of our founding members of the CEO Alliance, Teresa LeBranche, their old company would say yes to every course that anybody wanted to do. Cause they're like, yeah. if people want to learn, you want to take a welding course, fuck, we'll pay for it. They're like, we know it's, <laughs> they were in like nursing and, and yeah. they're like, we know it didn't impact nursing, but if, if it made them happy and they were growing. Yeah. So they, they had sent like 16 people went to a Tony Robbins seminar one time. Everybody had coaches. She was like, it was like, really, what, you, what's your cap? And she goes, we don't have a cap because we know the more we grow our people, the more they grow our company. I was like, damn. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. You guys are right wow. there. It's cool. That's it's very unusual that you have, have it. And I think it's very smart because I think most people will grow the CEO or maybe they'll grow the COO, but then they forget about the managers and leaders. And, and yep. the more we grow them, the more they grow our business. All right, let's go back to the last, last question. If we were to go to the 22 year old self, you know, the just graduating college, just getting ready to go off in your first job, what advice would you give the old Stephen Willie at 22 that you know to be true today, but you wish you'd known at 22? Man, that's tough. Uh, I wasn't expecting that one. Um, I would say, I would say, I guess just have, I would have never thought that I would be here 
you know, professionally, financially, um, even, you know, with three kids and a wife, I didn't, you know, there were so many unknowns back then in that um, for an individual that's hyper aware of what I say, what, do, you know, what do I say to someone, how do I, how do I do this? If I lose, if something, I get really beat up. Mm. Right. Um, I would say kind of embrace a lot of that failure and the, and being super uncomfortable something in that stress because man, you grow in that. Mm. Right. Like if, if I'm comfortable, I used to really, really have a hard time with, um, cause I'm always trying, I'll, I'll fail and I'll try, I'll fail and I'll try, I'll fail and I'll try, but it would bug me. Right. And so I would say, especially those initial failures and even errors, I've grown so much within that. Right. I'm like, a, I'm a considerably different person. I'm considered within personally and, and professionally. Um, and I would say just kind of be aware of that. Well, and it's all the, all that pressure creates diamonds, right? Totally. hundred percent. Stephen Willie, the president and second in command for rankings.io and CEO Alliance member. Thanks very much for sharing with us on the second command podcast. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. This was fun. Thanks Cameron. Awesome. You've been listening to second in command brought to you by COO Alliance founder, Cameron Harold. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe. For more best practices from industry-leading COOs, visit COOalliance.com.